Hey, we have been in a series we've called Running the Race. And we've been running for four weeks, and today is our fifth week. Today we're going to cross the line of this message series, and we're in Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, we only took five weeks to get through three verses. So I think it's pretty good pacing. And um, I just I, it's been fun for me. I've just enjoyed being able to spend this time uh, together. And I've got a special treat for you today in the message. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? We're going to read together out loud off the screens. Uh, next week, we'll get back maybe to the to reading out of your Bible, which I like to do. But this has been fun to be able to read all together out loud at the same time. Next screen. Ready? Read. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Amen. We thank the Lord for his word. Let's be seated together. I got a question for you. For you. Why do you do what you do? Like... Why do you go to work if you're, if you're still working? Or why do you go to school if you're a, a student? Or why do you watch the grandkids every Monday and Thursday? Why do you do these things? Is it not for some reward? There's something you get out of it. You're like, I love hanging out with those kids. I just, I just love when the grandkids or, or, or maybe it's the reward of giving them back to the parents. Uh, maybe that's the reward at the end of the day. You're going to school because there's a reward at the end. It's a diploma or a degree that you're going to work hard for and you're going to achieve at the end. Or you go to work because every other Friday there's a little slip of paper that means something or gets directly deposited. And you're like, yes, that pays the bills. Or there's any number of things that you do because there's some benefit at the end. There's a reward for you. And so you're willing to go and put in those hours. And if the reward is too small and you're in a job and it's not making very good money, what do you do? You leave that and you go find something better because the reward wasn't enough for what you were doing. Everything we do has usually has a reward to it. There's not very many altruistic things. Even if you just are being kind and you're helping someone, there's that inner reward of like, oh, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I got to help. But when you think about some of those kind of longer term things, those years of education, those countless hours of music practice, that that diligent saving when everyone else was going out for lunch every Sunday and you said, ah, we're saving up. And then you go on a big trip and everyone else said, how, man, must be nice. You're like, must be nice. I was saving while you guys were having fun at lunch. But yes, it is nice. Right? Do you see what happens? There's endure one thing for the reward of another. I'm going to invite a couple of friends up here because I want them to illustrate something about music. Derek and Lauren, can you join me on stage? Um, Think about a musician who rehearses, who in a sense suffers... uh, countless hours of practice 
So there's the reward of being able to play music. Um, I'm just going to move this back a little bit more, Lauren, so we can get this on the recording. Uh, but I'm going to ask you, Lauren, how long have you been playing the flute? Twelve years. Okay. Derek, how long have you been playing the piano? Uh, five. Okay. Five years on the piano and, and ten years on the flute. And um, so on Thursday I had this brilliant idea. Oh, they should play something on Sunday. It's part of the message. Now, they didn't start learning their instruments on Thursday when I asked them. There was many hours of rehearsal that went in to prepare them for this moment. And I don't even know what they're going to play. I told them to surprise me. You guys bring us something, would you? Anything worthwhile, right, requires effort, significant effort, an investment, time, some kind of battle, some kind of, some kind of commitment to make it happen. And what you guys just did there didn't just happen because you, because I asked you on, literally on Thursday afternoon, if you would do that for us, but all the effort, investment you made so that you had the reward of being able to say, yes, we'll do that. And you're blessing the rest of us in the process. As we do that, the, the joy of accomplishment or victory or, or prosperity or, or anything else is always preceded by endurance. Let me say that again. The joy of victory, the joy of accomplishment, the joy of prosperity is preceded by endurance, holding to it for the long path. Suffering and joy go together. Suffering and joy 
always go together. I have a roadie. He's taking care of me. I like this. So we've got a key phrase. Let's go to this one on the screen. Uh, out of verse 2, it says, Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Because of the joy awaiting him, that's Jesus, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated to the place of honor beside God's throne. Remember, we started this whole um, process by by stripping away the weights that slow us down, stripping off the, the sin that tangles us up, and then running with endurance the race that's set before us. That's what got us to this point of needing to endure. Listen, we, we have this sense of like, run with race with endurance. We've been set up, strip off all those weights. And, and, and the way this verse plays out, it almost feels like, well, Jesus is just a good example. That's what we should do. We'll just follow the example of Jesus and everything's going to be fine. But you need to understand that's that's only half true. Yes, Jesus is an example for us, but it's so much more than that that he just sets the example, sets the path for us. See, Jesus is the very life of every believer. We sang in that song this morning, yet not I, but Christ in me. Right? The New New Testament teaches that every believer in Jesus is in Christ. For example, Romans 8 once says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Or 2 Corinthians 5 says that anyone who's in, is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And the New Testament teaches that you, that Christ is in you. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. Colossians 1, 27 says it's the hope of glory that Christ is in you. That's what gives us something to look forward to. That's the anticipation that we have. And so here's the amazing secret about enduring for the sake of reward is that we can endure because Jesus endured for us. And you could say even in us. We can endure because Jesus endured for us. See, if if someone told you that that being a Christian would somehow make your life easy and that everything would go smooth and, and trouble-free and your problems would go away. I'm sorry, but you were misled. That was not the truth. There's no promise of that. You have to endure. We, we're actually promised that there's going to be trouble. Jesus, you know, not only does Jesus' endurance set an example, his suffering sets an example. If if the boss, if Jesus, our Lord, suffered, then Jesus said we too could expect to suffer. He said in John fifteen eighteen, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Later in that conversation, Jesus makes what I think is his most shocking promise of all the things that he says when he says this. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. That's a promise of Jesus that you're going to have trouble, hardship, difficulty, anguish. But it's also his promise that he's overcome the world. Some of you feel like 
man, how, why did all these things happen to me? Because Jesus promised that they would. But he also promised that he would be with you in the midst of it. Every Bible personality suffered for the sake of your and my salvation. Every single one. The patriarchs, the prophets, all the big names you think of like, like David and, and, and Joseph and, and the apostle Paul and, and John, they all suffered for the sake of our salvation. They had to endure for that. So if we can expect if this if there's hardship to come, there's difficulty to come, why even do this? Why even bother? Why go through this? It's for the joy that's to come. It's for the reward on the other side of the difficulties. So that we would say we're not thankful for trouble. We're not thankful for the problems. We're thankful in them. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. And he said, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Thankfulness is part of what marks a believer. Did you know that? Thankfulness is part of what identifies a believer. If you find that you're not a thankful person, you need to, well, John Chris would say, you need to check your heart. You need to kind of bring it back and say, why aren't I thankful? Be thankful in all circumstances. But here's the key. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever temptation you face, whatever sinful habit you're striving to overcome, whatever calamity or stress or struggle or, or relationship meltdown you're in the middle of right now, your ability to endure is only possible when we do what we talked about previously, when the eyes of your soul are fixed on Jesus. Whatever issue you're going through, whatever relationship challenge, whatever financial uh, mountain you're trying to climb, it's only possible when the eyes of your soul are fixed firmly on Jesus. And you can only get through because Jesus already suffered on your behalf. We can endure because Jesus endured for us. We're in him and he's in us. It's not even we doing the work, it's Jesus doing the work through us. Jesus had to suffer to endure the penalty of our sin. But his suffering, here's the amazing thing, his suffering also elevates his credibility. It's, it's part of what gets us to notice him. It makes him worthy of all worship and worthy of, all, of your devotion and trust and total submission to him. We would say it this way. Jesus is worthy because he suffered. We sang, worthy is the lamb who was slain. We just sang that. Part of what makes him worthy is the, the, the intense trials and suffering he went through on our behalf. By now you know about a guy named Alex Honnold. You may not know his name, but you've heard about him. There's a movie about him came out last year called Free Solo. Alex Honnold was the first and only climber to free solo El Capitan. And set a time record in the process. Three hours and 56 minutes from the bottom to the top. 3,000 feet of vertical granite with no ropes, no partners, nobody. I mean, can you imagine being his mom? That woman must be on so much heart medication. I mean, you cannot even imagine. If you want to kind of hear it in his own words, there's a, a TED talk that he's done. That's a picture of him there. Um, so cool. I mean, I just like, wow. The best thing in his TED Talks, he talks about the last stretch that's so difficult and he's just, he can hear the people up top. 
and he's wondering how he's going to make that last stretch over the top. He does it. He gets up and over and, uh, and nobody notices. And he takes off his climbing shoes so he can hike back down the trail barefoot. And people are like, look at that dude. He's hiking barefoot. He's hardcore. I'm like, dude, I just climbed 3,000 feet of granite in four hours. What are you talking about? Right? It's amazing. Now, his suffering, right, his intense working at this grants him credibility. If if Alex Honnold, if you just saw a poster that said, Alex Honnold giving a lecture on on uh, current uh, irrigation strategies in Central Valley farming, you'd be like, not, not, nobody's going to go to that. But if you saw a poster that said, Alex Honnold, uh, best techniques in climbing, the place would be packed out with people interested in climbing. Why? Because his suffering is what gives him the credibility. We'd have no credibility on telling me about blueberry farming. But he would about climbing rocks. Right? It's the same thing for Jesus. He endured. And this is what gives him the credibility to take our suffering. He endured the total humiliation and extreme torture of the cross because he knew your salvation is worth it. I, I love how the text says he he disregarded the shame of the cross or he scorned its shame in another translation. Here, here's the thing you need to know about crucifixion. It's not that crucifixion was the very worst kind of physical execution they ever came up with, although it's pretty much the worst. It mixed total humiliation and total pain. That's what made crucifixion uh, such a favorite of the Romans of the time. Because you could not only make your enemy suffer horribly, you could humiliate him in the process. They loved that. They loved that. And Jesus hanging there, torn to shreds physically, right? Beaten to, you know, a pulp, literally. Naked on the cross, in full view of everybody, splayed out. And in that suffering, he dies. Here's the catch. He didn't need to. He didn't deserve it. Hadn't sinned a single sin. Went to the cross on our behalf so that he would then later be seated at the right hand of God the Father. That's the place of utmost honor. The, it, it's one thing to be the ultimate authority, to be at the right hand of the authority. That's a place of honor. You could say that Jesus endured for the delayed gratification that was to come. It's our human nature, right? To want the reward with all the, without all the process of having to go through everything, without all the enduring. We want the honor without the suffering. But it's the enduring that adds the value when the honor comes. And Jesus understood that his suffering would end in this place of utmost and pure delight. The delight wasn't everybody saying, wow, look how good Jesus is. The delight was his father's approval. The delight was to be at the Father's right hand and the Father saying, this is my Son in whom I'm pleased. That's the honor. Sorry, right side. That's the honor. The Father's total approval. So if you wonder why we sing songs to Jesus or if you wonder why we say, you know, invite you to follow him as the Lord, the leader of your life, or if you wonder why we declare that Jesus is the only means to salvation, there's no other name under heaven by anyone, which anyone can be saved. It's Jesus alone. 
No other religion, no other method, no other philosophy. It's for this reason. He endured the most intense suffering when he alone deserved no such treatment. So that you and I could be saved from our sin, from our wretchedness, from our wickedness, from our fear, from our isolation, from our loneliness, from our desperation, from our captivity. He is worthy because he suffered not for himself, but for us. Here's the best news. Joy is possible in your life because of Jesus. Joy is possible in your life because of Jesus. I, I love to, te- if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you heard my friend Carol give a testimony and she talked about kind of going through this season of anguish in her life. And just, I love how you said it, Carol. You said, I just wasn't experiencing the abundant life the Bible says I should be experiencing. And you realize this doesn't make sense. On one hand, this is what I should be having. This is the way I'm. And as she was able to begin to fix her eyes on Jesus more and more, she began to discover the joy that comes with that. We're to, like, look what verse 3 says in, uh, in Hebrews 12 here. It says, think of all the suffering he endured. All the hostility he endured from sinful people. Or, or in the New International Version, other translations say, consider him who endured hostility from wicked people. Think about, consider him. Engage your brain in this, friends. Think about this. Grapple with it at a heart level, but also at a mind, in your mind. Think about what does this mean? See, when, when we're not thinking about it, when we're not engaging our mind, we're gonna, we're gonna believe myths. We're gonna believe lies that aren't true. We're gonna, we're gonna believe things that, that, that are not true. And, and when we believe wrong things, they keep us from experiencing joy. We keep us from considering Jesus and all that the promises come. I mean, I mean, just think about some of these myths, right? Oh, you deserve to be happy. Yeah. You know what? Go for it. You deserve to be happy. I'm sure you've heard that. Your coworkers have said that. Your, someone in your life has said that to you. Like, yeah, that's right. I deserve to be happy. No, you don't. You deserve nothing. You deserve no such thing. That any good thing we have is a gift from God. Oh, God won't give you more than you can handle. That's a good one. God won't give you more than you can handle. Hogwash. It's total nonsense. You get more than you can handle all the time. If you've never had more than you can handle, just wait, it's coming. We get that all the time. And it's a misunderstanding of verse that says there's no temptation that's come to you except God, it's common to everybody and God gives a way out. He'll provide a way of escape. But when you think, well, God's not going to give you more than I can handle. Oh, I've got more than I can handle. God must not be in this. God must not be real. God's not helping me. Oh no, I've got to try harder. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. Or how about this one? Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Oh, just follow your heart. Wow. If if they took all the just follow your heart memes off Facebook, the whole thing would collapse. For crying out loud, don't follow your heart. That's a terrible idea. Your heart is un 
reliable. Your heart is so easily misled. Your heart is so fickle. Jesus said, your heart's where all the unclean stuff comes from, Matthew 15. Don't follow your heart. Bring your heart to Jesus and follow Him. It just goes on and on and on. See, maybe you feel like, well, if I could just be good enough for God. Like, if I could just be good enough. Just, if I could just quit my sins and if I could just kind of doing that stuff that's kind of selfish and if I could just, if I could just try harder. Then, then, then I'd be, then I'd be good. Then, 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 then God would like me. Then, I, then I'd be pleased. Then I'd experience joy in this abundant life. Then things would go much. I just got to try harder and, and be really good for God. The Apostle Paul said those exact things. Romans seven. Only he said, "Things I try to do, I don't do. Things I don't want to do, I do those." What am I going to do? I'm lost. I'm wretched. He understood something. He figured it out. The try harder method never works. It's not going to happen. You're not even good enough to try harder. This is the good news. Jesus endured the cross, the suffering that went with it on your and my behalf, because we can never be good enough in our own flesh. We can never achieve that. On our own doing. So here's the secret to joy. You ready? The more you realize how incapable you are of your own righteousness and how completely God grants you righteousness through faith in Jesus, the more you actually depend on His righteousness, not your own righteousness the more you'll discover is joy. When you realize it's not about you, it's about Him, that's the secret. And I do this all the time. Well, if I just... Oh, but I messed up. So really, I just... I would retreat, I withdraw, I, I, I beat myself. I just like, oh, so like, oh, I just got to try harder. How hard is good enough? It's never going to work. It's not to come to the place of saying, I can't do this on my own. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I rely on you. I lean in you. When you come to Christ, here's the thing. You, you saw how Kurt was, was, was standing behind me when he was trying to fix my microphone, right? And you were trying to see what he was up to. You're like, look at him, right? What you saw was me. You didn't see Kurt fixing up my microphone for him. You didn't see him setting things right for me. It's a little bit of how, how grace works. Jesus steps in front of us and the Father looks and sees Jesus right there. He can see us, but He sees us through Christ. Well, Jesus is fixing up all the stuff we can't fix ourselves. And little by little, He puts it all together. He said, man, I, I thought this would go quicker. You know, I thought you'd just get those batteries changed like that. <laughs> Sometimes... We realize it's a work, it's a progress. It's called sanctification, the process of making us right. But he doesn't leave us. He's right there, he's working it. And God says, I see Jesus. I know my metaphor is a little flipped around because it was 
you, but you get where I'm going. The writer says, consider him. Think about. That's the secret to enduring and sharing his joy. And if you feel like, man, I'm not sure. I, I just never even really, I'm just not really ready to buy into this whole Jesus business. That's okay. I'm just asking you to consider him. Consider his claims. Consider what he's, what he's done. Consider those that have followed him for a lifetime and consider that. We don't normally jump around. In fact, the rest of the worship team, why don't you guys come on up? We're going to sing one more song together. We don't uh, normally, I don't like to normally kind of jump around to a lot of Bible verses. When I, when I speak, it's a little bit confusing, but this series has been a little bit fun to be able to do that. Uh, I'm going to do that one more time. I want to leave you with Colossians chapter 3. This is a, just an invitation from the Apostle Paul about what to do, like how to think about this, what to realize. He says this, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. You know, I was saying about like all this enduring and, and, and how are you going to endure and how are you going to make, how are you going to run this race? You're going to do it because Christ is in you and you are in Christ. And here's the most amazing thing. Jesus, who deserves all the glory, who's sitting at the right hand of the Father, you know what he's going to do? He's going to share his glory with you. You're invited and welcomed into his presence on that final day when you meet him as a follower of Jesus. You're welcomed into his presence. And he will share his glory with you. There's a little glimpse of that when the, when, when I, the first martyr of the church, Stephen, he is stoned. And it says, as he's being, as they're killing him with throwing rocks at him. It says he has this vision that, and Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father. You know what Jesus is doing? He stands up. He's seated at the Father. He stands up. And what's he doing? He's sharing his glory with Stephen. It's well done. Come on up here. Stop trying. Stop, 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 stop making all this effort. We've got to learn the secret of leaning into Jesus and trusting his righteousness for us so that we can endure, so that we can run this race, knowing that he's doing it in us and through us. We endure only because Jesus endured for us. and We praise him because he suffered. He's worthy of that. And so the secret is joy is available to you because of him. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing a song. Father, I thank you that uh, Jesus, as we talked about earlier, went to the cross for us, suffered for us. That we have all this to look forward to. And I'm, I'm just thankful, God, that you didn't say, see, if Jesus could do it, you could do it. Jesus did it because we couldn't do it. And I just thank you for that. And Lord, for any of us that are struggling this week, feeling like we're just not making very good progress in our life with you, we don't feel like we're being a very good Christian. God, would you just bring relief and freedom to realize that there's that's self-righteousness and, and that is just filthy to you. But instead, God, we want to learn what it means to lean into Jesus and find our righteousness, our right standing with you by our faith in Jesus. 
church, if, if you're somebody today that you, you've never come to that place of trusting Jesus, I just, I just urge you to consider Him. That's all I'm asking today. Consider Him. We'd love to help you with that. You can talk to me about that. If you have questions, the person you came with, we want to help you through that. But I want you to consider Him who endured such hostility because of the joy set before Him of being in His right hand, Father. And then he, he will take all that honor and He will share it with all who trust in Him. God, we thank you for this amazing truth. We thank you for your grace that's just overwhelming. In your name we pray. Amen.